Conrad, this is the second time I've had the pleasure of seeing your mug in person in the last 10 days. Yeah, yeah. Where were we? We were in Atlanta, and now we're in Nashville. Yes. Uh, The Grand Ole Opry at the Clio Cloud Conference. And honestly, not surprised, but this is an amazingly great show. See, I like to call it ClioCon. I know that there's uh, it's officially it's the Clio, Clio Cloud I, Conference. I try and get the branding right. That you do, that's and they, I'm sure they yeah. appreciate that, but yeah. I'm making a push for a rebrand. Yeah. You know, Cloud is for especially for Clio. I mean, I know that they were po- cloud pioneers, but now maybe it should be the Clio AI Conference. We'll get more uh, to that when we get there. Oh, well, they have called it the Amplify Your Impact, and I think subconsciously they used AI Amplify Your Impact. I think someone did that on purpose. Well, aside from AI, what what are we talking about here in beautiful Nashville? Oh my gosh, there is, as usual, we're going to hit the news. There's a lot, and I mean a lot of news coming out of Google. We're going to go over the top five takeaways from the Clio Legal Trends Report, which came out just an hour ago. And then finally, I am going to make my very strong case against the use of the term ROI by any marketer or law firm because it is the wrong metric and you don't know how to do the math anyway. And now our good friend, Mr. Lockwood, who has hearing like a hawk has vision. Mm. Hit that music. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice. Here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. We are live from CleoCon. See, it says CleoCon in the news, in the notes. Cleo Cloud You probably wrote that. I'm going to redo it. I did not do it. To try and get Cleo back as a sponsor of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, I'm going to say the brand correctly. We are live here from Cleo Cloud Conference in Nashville. Guy, let's start with the news. All right, Guy. You have made a lot of noise recently about some antitrust stuff that's coming out of the Department of Justice with Google, and there's a lot of information that is now public that I suspect they absolutely hate. What's up? Lawyers, you've got to go check this stuff out. It's wild what's going on. The DOJ is posting redacted exhibits from the case, but a couple call-outs, and we'll post the links uh, in the show notes. Search engine lands covered. Everybody, I mean, in the SEO world, some wild stuff going on. The first one is... Lo and behold, after all these years, Google using user data Mm. as part of the ranking sauce, meaning if someone clicks your listing, they're taking that into account in shuffling the deck for rankings. Yeah, there's a lot of SEO stuff that comes out of this. And, you know, they really went out of their way to separate the paid side from the organic side and... Boy, oh boy, is that called into question now. Yeah, there's an email from their ads people to the search people saying, hey, can you change the search results around so we can hit our revenue targets on clicks or something like that? Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing here, so if Google's listening to this, uh, (laughs) that's just an opinion, man. And uh, go check out the stories, though. It's really wild stuff. Listen to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing at your own peril. Speaking of getting sued. Jeez. So can you imagine what would happen if Google Maps sent you off a bridge? So this is actually, it's a sad story. A man was actually killed following Google Maps uh, off a bridge that had been out of service, I believe, for nine years. So that is a pretty bad look for Google. Not a good one. 
What else? We've got one more Google piece of news. So check out SEO Roundtable. Google launching a chat functionality. So uh, this is probably not a surprise, but AI-driven chat. There's lots of chat out there, and it was just a matter of time before Google got into that game as well. And now, Guy, there's something that you want to promote. We can call this news, but talk to me about Startup Alley. Yeah, near and dear to my heart as the uh, former co-chair of ABA Tech Show, Bob Ambrosi has opened up the nominations for Startup Alley for this year's tech show at Lawnext. So head over to Lawnext and nominate your favorite legal tech startup to win a prize at Startup Alley. Details at the site, but encourage you to get involved with that. And if you're a legal tech entrepreneur slash lawyer yourself, nominate yourself. Get over there. Get some uh, good PR. Bob is interviewing Jack Newton right behind us as we speak, and we are not being paid off to push Startup Alley. When we come back, the hot five takeaways from Clear Legal Trends Report that was launched just an hour ago. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app. Smart firms use CallRail to track where every lead comes from. PPC, LSA, organic search, or even offline ads. CallRail tells you which channels drive your best leads. CallRail even integrates with your favorite CRM or practice management tools to help manage your leads and see the ROI on your marketing investments. Know exactly which marketing tools work. Plans start at 45 bucks a month. We recommend CallRail to every single one of our clients. Go to callrail.com slash lunch hour now and try it for free. And we're back. So we are going over, we're sitting at the Clio Cloud Conference. And one of my favorite things, we've done this year after year after year, is dig into the Clio Legal Trends Report. I would encourage all of you to go to Clio right now and download the Legal Trends Report. It will at least, as we're moving into Q4, and you should be thinking about annual planning for 2024, this is a good starting point. It's a good thing, and they bring up a lot of new things, like AI. There's a lot of data in here. Guy, we're going to cover the top five takeaways on data. What do you have as number one? So this is an interesting one. They're talking about part of the uh, Legal Trends report is they'll like actually survey clients and right. ask them their perception. I, and I think from a marketing standpoint, it's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. So the first one is, is that this is clients' impressions of lawyers who use AI as Ooh. part of the client communication process, right? Okay. So this is what a client thinks about their lawyer using AI to communicate with them. 33% of clients who think their lawyer is using AI for client communications think that's an indication that the lawyer's too busy for them, right? Oh. They're using AI, they're too busy to talk to me. 25% think that it's prone to error, so that they're the, it's going to make a mistake in like the communication process. Okay. And 15% think it's flat out unethical. 
And that's the clients thinking that. So it's a really interesting, couple of interesting data points is that yes, like we love the tech, we love the automations, but how you implement this stuff and your client's perception of that, it can sometimes can be a liability. And it's not really a surprise, right? Because everyone has drawn the AI picture with the person who's got seven thumbs. Like we all know this. And so that picture is representative of what they would expect to get out of AI. I'm not surprised by this at all, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think the overall gist of the whole thing was that there's a lot of still mistrust of AI. Sure. You know? And it's an emerging technology, so I'm not surprised. But I, you know, Jack mentioned this in the keynote today. Gosh, isn't it reminiscent of early cloud days when sure. everybody was like, I'm scared of the cloud and it's unethical to use the cloud. And, you know, look, of course, there are ethical considerations and there are client communications issues, but this is brand new. And so it's not surprising there's a low level of trust. All right, let me go back to the other side of that because one of the things that, I, that blew me away on this was 27% of lawyers would consider relying on AI to provide legal advice. <laughs> so if you are one of that 27%, we would like to invite you to Legal Talk Network where Guy and I will make fun of you on air. We don't trust it to do anything except to provide legal advice. <laughs> and we're also, it's not going to replace us except that it is. Yeah. So that, that to me was like, wh who were they interviewing? Who are they polling? I can't imagine anyone thinking this is a good idea who has a kind of cautious risk averse disposition like a law firm. It's just right. bonkers. Yeah, no, I agree. So there's another one that uh, jumped out at me were some of the stats about invoicing and uh, realization rates and the TLDR is, it's not great, right? You've got firms that are like not sending out invoices at all. You've got some firms that are, you know, just never getting paid or getting paid late. And uh, Jack brought up from Jay Foomberg's book, this Foomberg's Gratitude Curve. And again, I think, go check out the Legal Trends Report. But they're talking about like the optimal time oh, to was great. get somebody to get paid, right? And you know what it made me think? Well, getting paid is important, don't get me wrong. But as a marketing person, as a reputation person, made me think about the reviews, right? The Foomberg curve is the same thing applied mm. to when and how to ask for reviews at that critical key time when they're saying, my lawyer is a legend, I'm going to tell everyone. That's when you need to make it frictionless for them to be able to go leave a review and also a great time to get paid. So that's Foonberg. It's F-O-O-N-B-U-R-G. Check out- B-E-R-G. B-E-R-G. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Google Correct will fix yeah. that for me. But the Foonberg curve is really, really fascinating to think about. And if you can use that and think about that in your billing, because most of you guys look at billing as an afterthought. We're going to send out the bill and we'll get paid sometime. But when you actually send that invoice has an impact on whether or not it actually gets paid. If you looked at all of those elements, it was kind of a funnel of the utilization rate, which was the percentage of time that you do billable work, is a, a record high of 37%, which as far as I'm concerned is insane. I don't know how you could possibly spend just over one third of your time working on client work and actually stay in business, but okay. So we've made big improvements there. The build percentage of that is only 86%. So for 14% of the work that you do, you're not even billing it. And then of that 86%, you only collect 89% of that. So if you can make incremental improvements on those things, right, by timing them carefully, by following up, by using automation, the actual realization rate for a lawyer is only 28%, which means you're barely working one out of every four hours for a client. You can't, you can't function like that. It well, it's just, wild too. I mean, they, you know, and then you think about like, well, what's going on here? And it's like, well, 54% of lawyers are sending their clients bills by in person. 
And then yeah. 37% are by snail mail. So, yeah. you know, you're like, you got to come to the office to get the bill. Like, I mean, talk about friction. Yeah. Come to the office so I can hand you your bill. That is bonkers. Don't that do is that. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that was, those were additive. Those were all the different ways. So it's right. not like that was the only way to yeah, pay right, the bill, sure. but they were taking it that way. But the point being, you can improve your law firm's revenue. Think about it this way. Improve these numbers just by 1% or 2%. That's like adding 2%, not just to your top line. It's adding 2% to the bottom line because the stuff that doesn't get collected is stealing your profit, right? And that is a massive, massive fundamental. A different way to think about this is if you are 20% profitable and you can make a 2% improvement in that, that's a 10% improvement in your profit. Huge. It's so big. So think about these things, spend some time with the Legal Trends Report and make the changes. Were there any other things that kind of blew you away in here? Uh, maybe not a blown away, but uh, I thought it was really interesting. There's, you know, there's a lot of stuff on AI in here, but what would legal professionals like AI to assist with? I think there's some interesting things out of there. Number one is finding and storing documents, not a surprise there. Calendaring, not a surprise. But if you come down about, it looks like maybe the fifth or sixth one, coming in at 44% is online marketing, SEO, Google ads, social media, and advertising. And you know, the correlation here you see here is, is like, well, yeah, people want the AI to do the stuff that they don't want to do. Right. Right. And, um, you know, look, we're both very interested in constructive ways to use AI. But when I see that, you know what I read? People just want to hook up their chat GPT API to their WordPress API and churn out blog posts and LinkedIn posts and publishing. And it's just a really bad idea. So I think the other thing about AI that struck me in here, and Cleo put it in a positive light, but I'm just going to invert it because I think it's very, very telling. Cleo said 50% of clients would consider hiring a lawyer who uses AI in the practice. Let's look at that backwards in the mirror. 50% of people wouldn't hire you if they think you use AI in working on their case. So to me, while AI would be useful... I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be pushing the, like, we run our firm through AI because we're so tech savvy. 50% of the market does not like this. And for wrong or right, I would not rock that boat with the consumer perception of a law firm that relies heavily on AI or even at all. No, I agree. And I think for me as a final note here, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Legal Trends Report. I would go back and download prior years. My constructive feedback to the folks that put the Legal Trends Report together is, you see in most of your reports, lawyers are very interested in how to generate more revenue. And no doubt, improving getting paid and utilization and realization are very important KPIs for that. Where is the data on marketing? Mm. Where is the survey data on how people look for lawyers, find lawyers? It's missing. Yeah. And I think it's been missing since, gosh, I don't know, 2018, 2019. So put that back in, Cleo. Put that back in. Or... This isn't a threat, but our good friends at CallRail just might do that. Dun, dun, dun. Speaking of CallRail, let's take a break. And we're back, and I'm staring at Conrad. And I'm staring at you. And, and his beautiful new lunch hour legal marketing trucker hat. You look great in the new LHLM swag. I feel great, and I love seeing trucker hats walking all around here at the Clio Cloud Conference. No, uh, how, the Clio Cloud Conference. What yeah, if we got somebody right. was interested in obtaining wow. one of these beautiful hats? So one of the things that we talk about a lot is it's really important to get engagement. And Guy and I would like to bribe you into asking a question. So if you see us at a conference or out and about, 
at Clio Cloud Conference, Mass Torts Made Perfect, DC Bar Association, Tech Show, Pilma. We're out there. If you would like to get on camera, ask us a question. We will make you the proud owner of one of these amazing trucker hats brought to you by Merchology. Be an LHLM star and get a beautiful trucker hat. Conrad, I want to talk about one of your favorite acronyms. No, not a goalie from the Colorado Avalanche, but Roy as in R-O-I. Don't say R-O-I to me, Gee. You know it gets my dander up. Everybody drink. <laughs> R-O-I. Everybody's talking ROI. I, you know, I see, um, you know, and look, I'll be honest. We've been guilty of it. You know, people want to talk about return on investment, return on ad spend. What's the problem with ROI or what are the limitations? Okay. I'm going to stop this right here and I'm going to insult 95% of the people listening right now. Perfect. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here for. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to give you two seconds to answer the question in your head. This is, goes back to math class Uh-oh. in eighth oh, grade. Oh, no. I remember I went to law school. So. I know. You can still Although do this. You Calc should 3. still be able to do this, especially if you made it through Calc 3. Yeah. What is the unit used in ROI? Dollars. And the correct answer is a percentage. Oh. If you did not come up with the percentage as the right unit for return on investment... You should never use the term return on investment. And the thing that drives me around the bend is this is like a very simple term that works great for investments, but it is not appropriate for most law firms. And if it was appropriate for most law firms, if you were really looking to get the most out of your marketing dollars, you should stop doing all of your marketing spend except for something that has a small impact on improving referrals. Because referrals are the highest ROI. And why do I say this? So the percentage on a referral is you've done a very good job for a client. They tell their friends. And maybe, maybe you send that person a basket of fruit. Yeah. And you had to make that investment anyway because you're servicing their situation. Right. So it's, that's a sunk cost. It's a sunk cost. But when you actually do the math, you're putting in a very small number of dollars to get a very high return. And it's the percentage of that return that is a maximum ROI. So the things that drive me absolutely around the bend are when people talk about maximizing ROI. Because for the most part, law firms should not be maximizing ROI, especially if you are a growing law firm. Gee, does that sound counterintuitive? Well, I think this is, this is a really important point that you've made many times, but I think to really drive it home here is it's about the incremental growth, right? So when you just get started, every dollar you spend to earn clients one through 10, whether it's through referrals, word of mouth, like your ROI numbers are huge. However, as you grow, when you try to get clients 100 through 200 or 200 through 800 and beyond, the cost to acquire those additional clients goes up. And the margin on those clients, you know, tends to go down. Now, again, it's not a one for one, but, you know, you think about in terms of like the branding stuff, right? The lawyers that are trying to, quote unquote, dominate their area, they're not thinking about ROI. They're not thinking about like return on investment on their billboard or return on investment on their social posting or return on investment on their 
you know, leadership positions and all that stuff. They're saying I need to do incremental growth and I want to make the investment, even though I know that the return on that investment might be smaller than it was for clients zero through 10 in order to feed the machine and to actually grow, I'm willing to take that smaller return on my, you know, quote unquote marketing investment. So this was all kicked off by a conversation that we had online about, and this, we covered this in the last podcast, but this was a conversation about top dogs, legal marketing. And this was a ad spend. And the quote that really set me off was someone who said, and, and I was actually told I was obnoxiously dismissive to this person, so we won't name him. <laughs> but I will read the quote. And the quote was, I am pretty sure that most personal injury law firms would be happy to trade top dogs ROI for theirs. And the answer is absolutely 100% not. And here's why. Top dog is spending a lot of money to acquire new cases. They are growing like crazy. That was part of the comments. Oh, their ROI must be high because they're growing like crazy. What you don't fundamentally understand if you think ROI is the right metric is that when you are growing like crazy, you are willing to take a cost per client at a higher rate than other marketing channels. Pay-per-click is a great example of this. You want to grow like crazy. You want some of the market that is in the, in the pay-per-click market. You need to buy those clients through right. pay-per-click. And that costs money, which means your ROI on that marketing is low. And we've seen, you know, cost per client in the 20, 30, even 40% of the value of the case. You cannot have a high ROI when you're acquiring clients through pay-per-click. You just can't. So volume, high volume, high growth, and high ROI, they are fundamentally oppositional concepts, which is why you really need to be thinking about what are you willing to pay in order to acquire that client instead of what's the simplest way to get the highest percentage return on the lowest dollar spend. I, yeah, that's, that's a great point. It brings you back, you know, for folks that might be struggling to parse, you know, what we're talking about here, the most obvious example is set your marketing investment to zero. You have infinite right. ROI. There, there you go, there you go. And so therefore like ROI, now trying to be um, a judicious listener to this conversation, you know, if you're coupling concepts of cost per acquisition, variable cost per acquisition and volume, and, you know, ROI is a part of that conversation. I think that there's some, it makes sense to have that as part of the conversation. But I think your point is, is that you're not optimizing to ROI. You're right. not looking at your marketing and saying, let's only focus on those channels with the maximum ROI. And by the way, to the point in this particular context, you know, your firm, you might not be your your marketing objective may not right. be to grow at this velocity and grow at this scale in which case you know you wouldn't trade ROI because you actually have higher ROI just focusing on word of mouth referrals so i i'll use a great example we were very lucky to work with compass rose they do the whistleblower work they worked on the on one of the many, here's there my politics bleeding through one of the many trump whistleblower cases but they're well known for as the firm for federal whistleblower cases. And they're known, but the people who, who may turn into clients already know who they are. They're marketing, they just need to have a website that reflects that. And frankly, they're also not trying to take over the whistleblower market for the rest of the country. But if they were, their ROI would be lower because they would be acquiring clients through channels that would cost them money. And that's okay if that's what their firm objective is, but it's not. They are very happy to have a the firm the way it is. They're not trying to dominate the market. They're not trying to take everything over. And so their ROI is beautifully high, which is great. Right. right? But most of you who are listening to this podcast are listening to it because in a marketing podcast, you want to actually grow your firm. And that means 
maximizing ROI is a really, really bad idea. We're going to be sending out dog collars with an electric shock. When you say ROI, it'll zap you. And I know I'm going to regret saying this, <laughs> but... Um, dark range, social? That's actually what I was bringing up, is that dark social, the way word of mouth spreads, it's actually not trackable to ROI like that anyway. So, you know, going out and trying to measure the ROI of your local community involvement, trying to measure the ROI of your brand building activities, you know, look, can you do some loose things? to try to like look at all-in investments and see how that's trending, maybe directionally, but again, it's the wrong metric to be measuring when you're talking about brand building. It's fuzzy math for a fuzzy concept that you frankly need to pour a lot of dollars into, right? The upside is the long-term value of that. There is a long-term value of that, but again, so let's say you've spent all this money and all this time over the last 10 years building your brand. You wanna know the best way to maximize your ROI key? Turn off those TV ads, turn off your SEO, turn off your website, don't do the lead magnets, don't do any of that stuff. And your ROI will go through the roof until people forget about you, which is why Coke has never stopped advertising. And with that, dear listener, we are out of time. We are so grateful for your listening and subscription. If you just landed on this episode, please do go find us on your favorite podcasting app. We're all over the place. Until next time, from Nashville at the Clio Cloud Conference. You got it right on the last try. Conrad and Gee signing off. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You'll probably start whenever you want. All right. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. Didn't work. It was no one knew. All right, ready? If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.